listener production. <laughs> hey, should we pop in here for one last drink? Where do you go on a night out in the Sydney CBD? Thanks to Paul Schult, you can add the original Reserve Bank building to your list of destinations because that's where he started his venue, Prince of York. The iconic establishment features a rotating lineup of chefs and menus and hosts live events showing off everything from drag bingo to stand-up comedy to truly bring its diners more than just a menu. Paul, welcome to the studio. Thanks for popping in. Thank you, Gary. Busy day? Yeah. I, I'm presuming you're a man of the night, you know, owning a, a place called the Prince of York and, you know, bar and restaurant. Is that true or not? No, it's a misconception. <laughs> that I, I'm, I used to be, but not anymore. Things I've have got, changed. I've got kids and all that, so okay. I've, got, I've got a good team below me now that, that run the venues, which is great. So tell us tell us about the Reserve Bank building, you know, in Sydney. I mean, it was a beautiful, you know, historic building. How did you end up picking that or taking, picking it up as a lease? And- yeah, at the time we were, it was funny because there were, um, the, the what do you call it, the light rail was being built in between sort of the two halves of the Sydney CBD and I couldn't get to it, but I kept trying to get to this uh, this site, which a few people were talking about. And when I got there, it's, I don't know, I've just got a, an ability to sort of walk into a venue and just feel like it's right. And it's just almost 150 years old. It was a cash reserve bank. So what that meant is it's where they kept all the reserve cash, I guess, back in the day. And the original vault was down there and we couldn't get it open and... I, I've always envisaged having this venue where you don't have to leave, so you can actually eat and drink, and then you can go downstairs or you can go upstairs, and you can actually continue your night because I think that's the gap in the market. What was just appealing about that site was just the heritage nature, which comes with its complications, as we know. But of course, it, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the ability to, I guess, have a couple of different experiences throughout a building, yeah, is, is to me important because dining is quite two-dimensional and I think if you can actually, you know, throw in another element of experience within that, it becomes a night out. Mm. How did you find COVID and the lockdowns? Because, we, you know, we've been smashed, you know, hospitality's been smashed. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, you forget how resilient, you know, hospitality people are and the fact that, you know, they're passion-driven and, you know, they're in it because they love it and, um, you know, they're prepared to give anything up for it. So it seems that it hasn't – I mean, it's affected obviously a lot of people. It's been – decimated, but at the same time, mm. the resilience has really shone through and creativity too. Would you agree? It has, yeah. No, totally. And I think it's also given the customer a, a show a showcase of how much people do really care about their industry. And there was a bit of a, I'm going to say a bit of lack of respect of people that work in the in the industry pre-COVID, but I think this has really shone through to, to show that people, you know, that they'll do what they can to keep their businesses alive and their staff employed. And, you know, there's a lot of ways people could have given up, but it really brought to light the fact that people will think differently to um, make their businesses and their dreams survive. So when things closed down for you and things got difficult, what was the first thing that you did? Well, the I mean, the, the first lockdown with Prince of York in particular, we, we sort of react, we actually did that takeaway food, cook at home pack. We were one of the first to do it. Being part of a big group previously and now sort of having a few venues, it was easier to react fast and to actually give the customer what they wanted you know, overnight, I guess. The thing about our venue in the city there, it is a party venue and it is, you know, it's, it's all about the vibe and the the atmosphere. So it was very hard to translate that into people's homes. But having said that, we did DJ mixes, we did um, party at home packs. We well, I saw that. It was little... dinner, dinner, drinks and disco. 
Was that yeah, right? Yeah, little dis- yeah, little disco balls, and then like a proper party mix by our, our DJs, and that did well. And it was just about you know maintaining that brand into people's homes. But but it doesn't beat going out, right? No, well that's the point, isn't it? It, it actually made. You know, I did that a few times and it was lovely, but you do miss that vibe and the just the just the atmosphere, which is why you're going out and it's why you pay money. It's like going to a theatre. It's it's worth paying a hundred bucks a head to actually get that night out. So, what does that look like today? You know, you know, having rolled it out and become a successful business in in Sydney in particular, I just know that there's always been this shortage of being able to go out and then your night finishes at ten and then it's like, oh, do we go down the road? And there's always these questions. Whenever I went out with groups or with my wife, it was always like, do we go for another drink or do we not? And then it became too hard. What our venue really encapsulates is the fact that you can actually sit there and it's an easy decision just to wander down some stairs and get another lounge area and then there's a disco ball and there's DJs and there's entertainment. I mean, every night that we're open downstairs, there's some form of entertainment, be it drag queens, um, drag bingo. We've got a Saturday lunch drag brunch, which is obviously a bit of a theme going on here, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's just once it's entertaining and it's an experience that people photograph and remember and um, I think that's the one big thing about what COVID's done. It's really made people want more than just eating and drinking. They really need to sort of experience um, entertainment. Yeah. And the idea of having rotating menus and chefs, because, I mean, not, when I look at your Instagram now, it's got Prince of Tokyo, you know, little little Dash Pamela. So I presume that you're having a now, – now you've got a, you know, Japanese menu. and Yeah, we do. We we found a really good chef, a um, guy called Nariki, who came from QT, um, He's he's always had a desire to do a Japanese style venue. We 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 got him to do his interpretation of what was the original Prince of York menu, um, and it's interesting and it's it's healthy and it's um I, I've just got this ambition I guess to give chefs these six month stints and then actually really showcase what they do because I think that's also interesting for the clientele, but it's what the industry is wanting and needing because it's you know if you build the stage and let these guys entertain, then that for me is what hospitality is, particularly in Sydney. Melbourne's a bit better, but people do get a bit sort of sick of venues and then they move on to the next. Yeah. But it also, I suppose it breaks, you know, because there's two schools of thought, isn't it? Because in a sense, yeah, it's exciting and everything's changing, but it breaks that habit of people, you know, how they think about going out. Yeah. So they go, oh, what do you want to eat? I want to eat Chinese. And then you think of three Chinese restaurants you really want to go and eat. Yeah, true. And then you ring up and see if you can get a booking. Whereas if you're coming, you know, to the Prince of York, you go, it's a different thing, isn't it? You go, wonder what they're doing this month. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, there's a risk to that, but um, it's been quite funny. The, the I, I sat in the office the other day and I listened to all the phone calls and everyone was like, do you want to see the menus? And they're like, no, it's okay. So they're not actually coming there for the menus. They're coming there for the experience. And I think that was a real, really interesting point because a lot of people don't know what they want in two weeks' time. They just want to go out. So I think the the point of this is that there's a lot of talented young chefs out there that, don't want to necessarily work for a big group, but they do want to have an ability to put their name to a to a place and a cuisine style. And I, I think that's what I want to do. I mean, I really enjoy that because I guess that's how I got given my chance. And um, I mean, that's it's, it's unrealistic to try and hold on to people forever and and just think they want to work for you. And I, I'd love to be able to build that template where they can actually showcase and then either work with them and support them or let them on their way. And, and, and hopefully people, you know, knock it on your door, you know, so you've got to, rather than looking for a chef and trying to find a chef and every time one leaves trying to desperately scrabble around, you know, pick up some scraps, you know, we know what that means. But it's, um, yeah, no, you exactly. hopefully you've got people knocking on your door going, hey, I want to have a go myself, you know. 
Is that right? That's right, yeah. And I mean, the, the only option they've got at the moment is to go down to Bondi Markets or sign up in a food hall in Westfield. But, you know, you're up for huge money and you're up for a seven-year lease. And it, yeah. it's not about that. It's about short-term, have a crack, you know, put all your energy into it. Is there anything there? If not, they'll always have another job because there's always, you know, 70,000 chefs short <laughs> or something in this country. So um, it's not about feeling like they're going to miss a career opportunity. It's about having an opportunity. Yeah, that's great. How do your customers react to it? How do your regulars react to it? Yeah, they're, well, they're, they're, in, they're getting more and more intrigued by it. We, we, we've always done it with sort of music and art and what have you, but to now actually give people the product and evolve it and change it is, I think it's a risk we're willing to take and it's an interesting model for the for the future, I think. So see, I'll see how we go. And, you know, knowing that you've got a couple of venues, you know, talking about uh, Prince of York, do you consider yourself a local business? I mean, we, are you drawing people from all over Sydney? I mean, does your local mean everybody or have you got a catchment that you know that you rely on and, and you see your regulars come back over and over again? I've, I've never really delved into the depth of local. I've always just given people a product and offering that I believe they want and like and um, – I think that brings the locals. Yeah. But maybe it's not local, maybe just regular. Yeah, you know, it's, it's regular, da- yeah. It's your database, it's your regulars, you see the same faces. Yeah, we do. Walk through the door and looking for a new experience every time they come in. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we've been in this a long time now and, and I've always sort of given people the product of what I wanted to experience and what I believe was missing out. And, um, you know, so I guess you always talk to your own generation, so that's why I'm starting to hire these younger people because I need to talk to them. Well, it sounds like you're doing exciting things. Thanks for popping on and giving us some insight into your business. Sounds very exciting. I love the idea of just like settling into a venue where you've only got a few steps to to cover from bar to dining room to nightclub. Yeah, you got to come and visit it. It's good fun. Sounds good. Well, best of luck and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Excellent. Thank you, Gary. Cheers. Listener.